0: Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic, because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort.
1: Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
2: What's good, y'all? This is Breeze Brewing from the Mighty Juggernauts. And make sure you subscribe and download the podcast, Library Rap. The Hip Hop Interviews with Tim Einenkel. Hip Hop Journalism on the Highest Level. with Tim Ironcow. It is old fucking official. All right? Stop playing. Download and
3: subscribe. Library rap. The hip-hop interviews with Tim Ironcow. It's cold. October 8th, Rakim, Kumo D, P-Rock, Nice and Smooth, and DJ K. Capri will be inducted into the Hip Hop Museum of D.C. So there's really no need for me to go through what makes my next guest great. Smooth B, welcome to all hiphop.com, presents the library with Tim go. Thank you so much for being here. It's an honor.
2: Oh, man, absolutely. My pleasure, brother. Yes. Out of my bed about 8. And then I called Greg Nice cause it wasn't too late. To get some skins and come around the block. Cause man, my tip is harder than a rock. He said that. So, I let Greg Nice call this girl named Anna Z. Anna Z, the
3: teacher's. Pet. So, all these, if you think about it, all these rap lists with the quote unquote best rappers, you, I want to say, rarely, respectfully, rarely see Nice and Smooth on these lists. But then you, because you guys have classic albums, classic singles hits up the wazoo, hip-hop quotables, yes. et cetera, et cetera. On October 8th, yeah. Rakim Kumo D, Pete Rock, Nice and Smooth, DJ Kate Capri will be inducted into the Hip-Hop Museum of, of D.C. What does this yes. induction mean for you and also to be a part of this class of inductees?
2: Oh, man, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing, you know, because, you know, first of all, it's a long time coming, you know what I mean? Like you said, um... A lot of people, you know, well, whatever, for whatever reasons, I don't know, you know, they they uh, they don't mention nice and smooth, you know. And the deep part about it is not only are we, you know, yes, pioneers and all of that, but we laid down a certain formula of mixing, singing and rapping uh, that was unprecedented. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and um, it's interesting because they say they serve no fine wine before it's time. So now as we see music, if you don't have you know, in the late eighties, early nineties, I used to man, I used to get so much flack, man, for for singing, mixing singing and rapping because back then they didn't want the two genres to mix. Right. You know. But um now if you don't have a singing melody, you don't have a hit song. So um yeah, it's it's so it's so crazy. So um, uh it's uh it's an honor to be honored in this day and time. It's also an honor to be honored amongst my peers. You know, Rock Kim, uh Kid Capri, Pete Rock, uh Kumo D. We all have backstories. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so so it's a real good thing, man. And timely enough, it's like I released some new material and it's like it's flying through the roof, man, being well received. And I'm I'm just doing what I do, singing and rapping and, and yeah, yeah, just went platinum. So it is it's a
3: beautiful so, thing. go ahead. Yeah. And, I, and I want to ask you about the nominees that you're uh, you're you're or the inductees that you're you're going in with, uh, you know, and, and kind of if you could briefly talk about the impact each of these artists have had on your life. So if I could start with Rakim, oh. what has he meant for oh, you in man. your career?
2: <laughs> Yo, listen, man. Shout out to Rakim, man. I love Rakim. That's my brother. And um, it just felt so good when the, the first time I heard Rakim, you know, um, you know. I met Rakim early on in in his career, but I met Eric B first. And, um, yeah, I met Eric B back in 1986 when I was writing for Bobby Brown. You know, that's how I got into the music industry, writing for Bobby. And so I met Eric, and he was telling me, man. And he heard me rhyme, and he was like, "Yo, you you kind of remind me because I was putting like knowledge and and you know mathematics into the rhymes." And he was saying, "You remind me of this." He said, "You be on that Peace Guard thing, man. You remind me of this, of my, of my rapper." And I said, "Yeah." He said, "His name is Rakim. <laughs> and then the next thing you know, boy, woo! <laughs> and so when I um, it was you know ironic that um. Man, I could go on all day, so I'm not even going to start telling you backstories. But the thing is, um, yes, it's an honor. And Rob Kim is my brother, man. I love Rob, man. And we got some great stories, man. But I got to talk. Can I talk about Kumo D? What of he course, mean yeah. Kumo D
3: next. Of course, of course. Please do.
2: Ooh, you got to understand, man. Kumo D, hands down, is one of the most prolific. Rhyme stylist, y'all guys got to understand something, and now we're in the age of YouTube and all that. They should have some of the old um Treacherous Three, uh, uh-huh. you know, uh, shows and routines and all that. Mo D is a lyrical monster, and we all came up under cool Mo D. Me, Rock, came, everybody came up under uh, cool Mo D because cool Mo D and the Treacherous Three predate all of us. Mm -hmm. And so he had that awesome vocabulary. And he also inspired me to use, to like really get into word, wordplay. I was, um, I always loved to read, you know, avid reader to this day. And um, when I would hear him say those different, you know, (laughs) those different words, vernacular phrases, I was like, yeah, yeah. So he laid a great blueprint
3: that uh, inspired me. I'm gonna ask you about. I'm gonna ask you about the other inductees, but I think what's important to highlight is that you just said you Kumodi inspired a lot of you, right? But I think the important yeah. thing, also the high, also the important thing to highlight is that you did not for you did not copy his style, right? You no. came up with your totally different style. What's the importance? What was the importance at the time for you to kind of create your own style and and how did you come up with the you know, being oh comfortable, I guess, with the singing and the rapping part of it.
2: Oh man, let me say, t- okay, great, great question. Um, first and foremost, it was a mandate. It was like the the, the rule of thumb. Originality was the rule of thumb. You, um, if your name sounds too close to somebody's name, you got booed. Originality was was key. So if your name sounds too close to to another uh, rapper's name. That was a battle, you know. Um, It just was like that. You know, you had to be original or you just got booed off the stage. And that's, that's the era I come up in. And so you had to, that's what made it interesting. Because once you found someone that inspired you, it was your job to sit down, you know, show respect to that person with the lyrical flow and what have you. And then make up your own come up with your mm-hmm. own and i developed into smooth b like growing up you know i was d ski you know you fiddle around it's like d ski and uh d la rock and you know just different names you know because my name is daryl barnes so i ended up being a smooth right. b, b b being for barnes so um i just developed into smooth b you know what i'm saying as time went on by the time i got in high school my voice started to mature more and I started to become even more. I just became smooth, man. I was a smooth dude. And my boys used to be like, one of my boys, shout out to Garfield Bailey, wherever y'all, kid. He's the one that told me I should call myself smooth. He's he like, hey, yo, you a smooth dude, man. You should call yourself smooth. And I was like, uh yeah.
3: awesome. cool. And singing and rap.
2: Okay, go ahead, go ahead. Singing okay, and sorry. rapping I'll- was always a passion. Sorry. Go
3: ahead, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no, I, I wanted to ask you about the other inductees as well. I mean, because you, you know, we just named two li- lyricists, right? But then let's talk about yes. the DJ part of it. I mean, so Pete Rock, and yeah. then if you go into DJ Kirk Capri, kind of if you could talk about quickly what impact have those guys have on you as an artist and as, <laughs> you know, as a person.
2: <laughs> exactly. Okay. Um, I saved Kirk Capri for last.
3: Okay, <laughs> so sounds Pete- good.
2: Yeah, man. So Pete, man, first of all, I love Pete Rock, man. Shout out to Pete, man. Um, Genuine brother, uh, very humble, uh, one of the best producers, hands down, that ever made a beat. You know what I'm saying? Um, And Pete just was always a fly dude. He was always cool, you know, and um, that's another thing about originality. Like it's to a point where, Pete could make something that you didn't know was Pete. He'll surprise you. But you know that groove when you hear it. Or if, if you don't know off off top, somebody go, yo, this is a Pete Rock joint. You'd be like, that's a Pete Rock joint. And there were a lot of producers, you know, that came out before Pete or beat makers, whatever. But Pete, Pete clearly, you know, stands out. And so, um, yeah, shout out to Pete, man. And it was funny because... I met Pete before, it's funny how how I meet the DJs or the producers before I meet the actual MCs. And I met him before they came out. (laughs) He was like, yo, check this out. It was Smooth because he's, you know, we have the same age bracket, so he knows what that originality means. And he was like, yo, Smooth, yo, I got an MC. His name is CL Smooth, man. You know, we coming, man. I was like, word. I said, said, (laughs) so I know I'm Pete is dope. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm the first smooth ever in the in the rap game. You know, there was never a smooth before me. That's a fact. You know, do do the history. So mm-hmm. that's why I said smooth originator. So long story short, he came up to me. He was like, "Yo, my, I got an MC man," um, and his name is CL Smooth. And I said, "Is he smooth?" <laughs> he said, "Yeah." I said, "That's all that matters." I said, as "Long as he's dope, <laughs> if he got the name Smooth, he got to be dope." And shout out to CL too. You know, I said. Dope.
3: dope.
2: See how smooth is dopeness.
3: Yeah. Right, and next side, uh, Kid Capri.
2: Oh man, Kid Capri, shout out to Kid
3: Capri, man. You know,
2: um I saw Kid Capri come a long way, man. I saw Kid Capri make his bones, you know. Um Kid Capri was one of the first Cats like if I won't say the first I mean Cats was making mixtapes and all that Brucey being them, but Kid his mixtape game was crazy and I used to see Kid Capri on 145th Street and 8th Avenue in front of Willie Burgers you know what I'm saying selling his tapes you know what I'm saying and it's like the inspiration that you know he has you know the, the inspiration that he gives me is just thorough, man. Being from the Bronx, keeping it, keeping it 100, you know, and um, it, it was funny. Greg and I, I think, well, Greg knew him before me, but um, we was on 45th. You know, everybody knew the name. His name was buzzing. Was a he was like, yo, they go kick the I was going like, oh, word. So we walked up on him. We started talking to him and everything. And uh, he was like, yo, that new joint skill trade, y'all got his fire. I put it on my tape. And I, and so I'm sitting there and I'm going like I you know all of the mixtape thing that was all new to me you know what I'm saying it's like a word, you know what I'm saying like and back then you was trying to make your bread so my first I just you know I'm a paper man I I come from that you know what I'm saying I'm like, well, hold on wait where I cut yeah <laughs> but I realized you know I was like oh, no this is dope this promotion he's playing our music people are not even he's gonna help people hear us all it right. was beautiful. You know what I'm saying, yeah. And he's one of the dopest DJs ever. You ever seen a kid set? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about. Right. He's like an extraterrestrial, yeah.
3: And, and lastly, I want to ask you about, uh, for inductee wise, uh, I, can, I cannot not ask you about uh, your counterpart, uh, Greg Nice. Uh, what, what has? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, if you think about like the the one, imp- he's he obviously had many impacts on your career, but like the kind of most significant for you in terms of an artist and as a person. <laughs>
2: Hmm. man, so many, so many impacts, you know, um, Greg and I, man, you know, we we started from the mud, man, you know what I'm saying? And um, we have so many different um, experiences. But what I will say, I would have to say Greg Nice's unpredictability. That dude is unpredictable. Okay? So it's like one minute Greg, uh, he's an interesting dude. He'll like, today he might be saying, hey man, I'm just saying hypothetically, he might say, yo man, today I love pizza with onion, and I I love margarita pizza, right? A week later, I hate margarita pizza. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he'd be like, wait a minute, hold up! I, I thought you said you love Margo No Nah, 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 I ate too much of it. You know what I'm saying? Type. Like, so you're like, you're that type of person with life. So, so it's been times where we kick it, we be together thick as thieves. And um, you know, you know, um, then I won't see him, you know, he doing him, I'm doing me. And then all of a sudden, he'll pop up. Right on time, like it's it's just weird to try to explain. Like we enter in and in and out of each other's lives, right on time, all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, it's that type of thing.
3: Uh, so like, I want to like turn this,
2: like this for for instance.
3: <laughs> right, I want to I want to turn uh, to to the beginning of your journey uh, with and in within hip hop culture and kind of you know you grew up in the Bronx around one sixty fifth. Uh, Yes. Take me back to being—I know. Take me back to being 11-year-old and seeing your first Grandmaster Flash jam at Taft Schoolyard, and what that meant for you as an 11-year-old kid seeing this thing happen. Man, let me tell you something, man. It's like it was electrifying.
2: It was electrifying. Mm -hmm. You know, try to imagine that I didn't even know what I was about to embark upon. And one of my friends, you know, just brought me to the jam. He was a few years older than me, so I was, like, 11. He was, like, 13, 14. His name was Tony Hines. And he brought me to the jam. He said to me, you want to come with me to the jam? And I'm like, what's the jam? And he said, they're playing music outside, man. it's going to be girls. It's going to be fun. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And I go with him. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And I go with him. And um, we get there. And all I can remember... Is when we got there, Grandmaster Flash at the time was DJ Flash. He was on the turntables, and all I can remember at that time, like my first sight of Grandmaster Flash was his kango. He had a black kango on, and and it was summertime, so he had to not he had a nylon on. You know, nylon is like what we call wife beaters. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, the, the like sleeveless joint. You know what i'm saying but it's like it's made of nylon so he had the nylon on and he was cutting up a, this song called apache by the original bongo band and, then, and it's like so i'm just like i'm like what in the world and then <laughs> these little guys out of nowhere started b-boying now mm. you gotta imagine I don't, I'm just walking into this. So I see these cats dancing and they're all on the floor and they go down on the floor and they're doing these moves. So I said to my boy, I said, yo, Tony, what are they doing? He said, yo, they B-boying. Yo, D, they B-boying. And then he got on, on the floor and started B-boying. I was like, you know how to do that? You know, and so it just was like, it was bananas. And then Cool Herc shows up.
0: you ever brought your magic to walt disney world like hey we came to play did you tip your tiara to a creole princess or get goofy officially when we come through it's true magic because we came to play at walt disney world resort
1: meet stacy stacy's on the hunt for a new pair of trendy glasses call me picky but i just can't find the one luckily for stacy walmart vision has virtual try-on Now she can try on hundreds of frames virtually, then upload her prescription and get new glasses delivered right to her door. Really? (laughs) Yeah, really.
0: Well, the hunt just took a turn for the better.
1: Buy your next pair of glasses with virtual try-on from Walmart. Welcome to Easy Eye Care. Welcome to your Walmart. Restrictions apply. See walmart.com for details. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's.
0: Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer.
1: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It was a whole nother
2: level. And all I can remember honestly in my mind was saying to myself... These dudes are grown men. Like, like I was, you know, they look like giants to me in all reality. And Hurt was swole. He was diesel. I was like, oh, this dude got muscles, man. You know, I was just bugging up <laughs> an 11-year-old kid. I'm like, this dude got muscles, you know. And they, they and they just started playing, playing music, playing music, playing music. And, and it was deep because that's the first time I had broke my curfew. So I had an 8 o'clock perf- curfew. I had an eight o'clock curfew and I got home about about quarter to 11 and my mom's wore my tail out, homie.
3: She whipped me
2: out, Jack. So I got my first uh, whooping for hip hop at 11.
3: So what made you go back? I mean, you know, I mean, I feel like that's probably discouraged enough, right? But like, what made you, what makes you go back? I told you it was electrifying.
2: (laughs) I couldn't, I couldn't escape. That was the birth of the hip-hop junkie, homie. Like, I was nice. like, I can't wait to go back. Yo, you know, I just got to watch my time <laughs> And I just was like, Mom, Mom, I, t- I would tell her, like, I'll be pleading with her. I was like, they're going to be jamming, ma. You got to understand, like, can I just go listen to the music, you know? And, you know, come on, man. And she was like, yeah, all right. long was you with somebody? Because, you know, the hood was crazy back then, you know, like. You know, the Bronx was more like, in the 70s, the Bronx was like, kind of like Beirut. It was a lot of abandoned buildings, a lot going on, you know what I'm saying? And mom's was just like, well, as long as you're with somebody, you know, and that's time mm-hmm. things... You know, then I started sneaking to the actual clubs, to the jams,
3: man. My understanding is that you, you were you were drawn to to, to breaking, right? And then... Early on, and then mid-teens, you kind of started changing to rapping. Uh, yes. Why? Why? What? What drew you to the to the MC part of uh, hip hop culture over uh, getting away from breaking?
2: Over, over the over the. Oh no! Listen, man. Let me tell you something.
3: The MCs had all the girls.
2: <laughs> huh? I'm gonna say that again. <laughs> the girls. Yo, let me tell you something. The, the MCs had so much swag, and it was just like, and, and I was always that type of cat. I never was stage fright. You know, I'd jump mm-hmm. up on the stage, man. I, that was me. Give me the mic. You know, that was me. And so when I saw, and they, for the first MCs I saw, and they was like, beat, beach, y'all to the beach, y'all. And the way they was going into it. And they used to dress nice and look slick. And, and you know, I had older brothers that, that hustled. You know, they, they were in the streets and everything. So they used to keep me fresh. They used to keep me with fresh clothes. So I said, well, look, I can look the part. I just got to get this rapping thing together. You know what I'm so one of the first, and this is amazing, because he's actually going to be there. brother busy b man and busy b was the first rapper quote unquote legend pioneer but at the time he was the first rapper that i actually ever met and um he came to my neighborhood because one of my cousins knew him shout out to lamont clark lc so my cousin knew him and they went to school together and everything so he was like um i know busy b and i was like what and so you gotta understand busy was already famous for doing Uh, shows and clubs all throughout the hood, you know, in the different communities in the Bronx. But Wild Style had just came out. That's the first hip-hop movie. So when Wild Style came out, Busy B was a star. He was certified a star, you know, in all of our eyes. You know, we could go to the movie theater and watch the guys that we've been seeing in the park. Man, that was just phenomenal. And one day he came in my neighborhood and he... uh, it was this girl. Ooh, I ain't gonna put her name out there, but yeah, everybody wanted to get at her. And she was something. And the thing was, she bugged out. And so when she saw me talking with my cousin and talking to Busy B, <laughs> she uh, she said, D, come here, come here. She's like, you, you know him? You know Busy B? I was like, yeah, I know busy B, you know. So she was like, I want to meet him, huh? Yeah, yeah, you know, so I'm like 13. Yeah, I know busy B, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so she was like, <laughs> So so she was like, um, she was like, uh, introduce me to him. I said, hey, hold up. I see you busy, I see you busy, man. This girl over here want to meet you and all that. So he looked, he was like, Whoa! She had the serious body. He was just like, Yes. He said, Yeah, little man. <laughs> so he went over there and he bagged her. And then about a week later, I seen him coming out of my building. I was like, "Oh, you know." <laughs> but uh, but so one day I ran up on him and I said, "You busy man? You know I want to be an MC." And he said, "Yeah, let me hear what you got." And at, at that time I was D Ski, so I started rapping for him and all of that. And he said, "Okay, okay, okay." I had about two or three vibes, you know. <laughs> so I said my couple of I said couple of my raps for him, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, okay, okay." He said, "Now listen." You gotta say um rhymes, you gotta say like Mercedes, you gotta say like cars and talk about like champagne in your raps. That's what they like. And so yeah. And then I've kept on scrabbing and um and then next, you know, as as I grew older, I, I put Mercedes and all of that in my all raps See that? Right. You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna make a real funky for you. I'm gonna make it real funky for you. Smooth notorious. Infinite. I live in a fortress, I'm so astronomical, yet on a physical plane My body's just a shell and control is my brain I strain to gain spirituality So I can finally be